Hello and welcome to A Glimpse into the Future. My name is Rigas Hadzilakos and in this podcast series we explore with some of the world's leading experts how new technologies and ideas can help us shape our future. In this week's episode, I talk to Dr. Jagjit Singh Srai, head of the Center for International Manufacturing in the University of Cambridge Institute for Manufacturing. Dr. Singh Srai is also a member of the World Economic Forum's Council on the Future of Production. So, Jack, thanks a lot for taking the time for this, uh, for this interview. We'd love to hear from you a bit, if you could set the scene right now in terms of the digital transformation of, in the world of manufacturing and supply chain. What is, what is actually happening right now? Well, I believe we're at the cusp of a, a major digital transformation in manufacturing supply chains. We're, we're witnessing uh, data now being available that's connecting the end-to-end supply chain, so data from... Uh, consumption right the way through the logistics supply chain that serves that end user perhaps we can call that informed logistics all the way through to the digital factory with new digital production processes and then uh, through collaborative uh, uh, e-procurement tools uh, better understanding of the supply base so we're able to connect uh, using data uh, a supply chain that was traditionally managed in functional silos of inbound logistics, manufacturing and production, and downstream distribution into a more connected digital supply chain. Where do we see in the world these these big transformations? Is is it globally? Is it more uh, in the Western world? Or is it something that has really touched upon every part of the the stream around the world? What we're witnessing is in different sectors uh, a, a different adoption rate. So, for example, we first saw digital transformation in financial services, in the media, uh, insurance. Uh, it was very quickly followed by the sharing economy. We've all heard of Airbnb and, and the Uberization of various, various service supply chains. So there the adoption's been very high and it's been in, in lots of different sectors. But now we're seeing rapid uh, advances uh, through the lower costs of automation in, in manufacturing, both in business-to-consumer B2C uh, business models, particularly retail, fast-moving consumer goods, uh, but also in B2B industries, business-to-business industries, where production modularity is significant. That's enabling that uh, connectivity that we've not previously seen. Uh, Looking further ahead, uh, I'm seeing new manufacturing models, new production models, of uh, manufacture to order close to the point of end consumption um, or closer to the point of end use becoming more prevalent with the advances in 3D printing, for example. How would that work? In, is, that, is that something you see in the next 10 to 15 years of being, being possible, of being quite uh, uh, mainstream? Uh, or is it still going to be niche in, uh, in 10 to 15 years? I certainly see it as being niche in the first few years, uh, but where I see it coming in, into mainstream is where there are significant advantages of producing closer to the point of consumption. So we see this, in, for example, in healthcare, in uh, cell and gene therapy type uh, business models where the need to harvest cells and then replace them in the same individual and clearly very personalised means that uh, producing centrally at scale makes less sense and producing right to the point of uh, end user uh, consumption uh, more 
more likely uh, a scenario. So I, I see it progressively uh, taking hold uh, in specific sectors where customization and personalization is important. And how does that look like for the ecosystem around, for the people working in manufacturing and supply chains? How is the disruption for them? The consumer seems easier to imagine, but how does the, the rest of the, the ecosystem get impacted by this transformation? Well, one of the very interesting th observations I've found is that uh, big business is experimenting. And they don't quite know what the final end answer is going to be. So they've got uh, experimentation in the digital factory. Um, they've got experimentation in monitoring products through the logistics chain. Um, they've got experiments looking at uh, monitored product use uh, once it's with the end user or consumer. And indeed, maybe even monitoring post-sale uh, where we're looking at the health of maybe a refrigerator. Is it working in the way it was intended to use? Or uh, the health of an individual, for example, in terms of diagnostics. So those are a, a series of experimentations I'm observing. But uh, going back to your question on uh, ecosystems, I can imagine a world where communities of users uh, are seeking that connectedness. So I can see if I take the healthcare patient communities looking at outcomes, uh, health professionals being involved in areas of the supply chain they would normally just assume as, as an in input. Uh, we can see the regulators being more proactively involved in innovation. So the ecosystem will become much more networked and involve a much more varied group of stakeholders and perhaps most interesting of all is I see end-user participation in terms of product design and the feedback of product use and efficiency and functionality taking precedence over currently we look at efficiency within factories mm -hmm. rather than efficiency of outcomes. So digital will allow that uh, visibility of how the product is actually used in the field. That sounds really interesting and promising. Are there major fears in your mind about this transformation, major concerns, things that we need to look out for and uh, take action now so that they don't materialize? Well, in our council work on the future of production, we've been looking at a number of these transformations. And one of the key aspects perhaps to consider is uh, how comfortable we are with information transparency right away, right through the supply chain. So, for example, Consumers are sort of getting used to manufacturers understanding their consumption behaviours. But, do, you know, as patients, for example, in the healthcare system, would we be comfortable in, a, in our personal data being used uh, by a, a more varied group of stakeholders? So, uh, information security and governance is one particular uh, challenge. Uh, another challenge is, is the whole area of cyber security, where uh, there's sort of malintent in the system. Are our platforms going to be robust enough to manage that? And I guess uh, perhaps the biggest concern I have is not about the technology, it's about the skills. So do, do we have the skills in our manufacturing supply chains to embrace these transformations? One study we, we, we undertook uh, at the University of Cambridge looked at uh, the gap in skills versus uh, the gaps in technology. And perhaps not unexpectedly, uh, we found that the skills gap is significantly greater than the technology gap. What's also interesting is this isn't 
often a, a condescending view of skills at the shop floor. We were really looking at skills of middle management and perhaps uh, under greatest exposure were skills at senior management. So right the way through the organisation, do we have the skill sets to exploit these technologies? And in the end, our, our agenda is to make you know, products better, uh, more resource efficient. So our aims are very noble, uh, but are we able to actually uh, make them come through? One particular example we found was um, the gap in skills uh, in a number of areas was going to introduce barriers to adoption, even in, in, in things like automation or digital supply network design. We found there were significant technology and skill gaps. So, um, yes, lots of opportunities, but lots of challenges. So, big challenge there in skills gap. Is there a solution or is a solution a massive change of our educational system, of our retraining programs? What has your council been discussing about that? Well, uh, over the last two days, we've been talking about, and often we talk about the circular economy, uh, looking at resources. But perhaps we should look at the circular economy in terms of human resources. Um, we, I think, no longer can expect, if we ever did, that we go to university and pick up the skills for life. But actually, it is going to be about continuous retraining, embracing these new technologies. And, and this word experimentation, I've, come, I've seen come up time and time again, where actually by doing we learn and it's perhaps less textbook and more about uh, real innovation and learning from the innovation. So if you had one recommendation coming from here from your discussion in the annual meeting of the Global Future Councils moving on to Davos to the decision makers of this world what would it be in terms of shaping the future of production? Would it be to experiment? It certainly would be to experiment and it would be to embrace these disruptive technologies and uh, in fact, some of the four scenarios that came up in, a, in, our, in our council's report on the future of production, uh, there's one scenario that looked particularly exciting and others less so, and that was around disruptive technologies. Uh, but it does require senior stakeholders to you know, shape the, the infrastructure that will allow uh, secure data access, information transparency, and facilitating innovation. So, you know, proactive regulation, for example, to embrace the new technologies. Often with disruptive technologies, inserting a technology in, a, in the current system is painful. And, and you need to rethink the system. Uh, so we need a systems view when uh, looking at some of these uh, exciting disruptive technologies. Thanks a lot, Jack, for taking the time. Thank you. That was Dr. Jack Jeet Singh Sri head of the Centre for International Manufacturing in the University of Cambridge. My name is Rigas Hadzilakos, and that was all from this week's episode of A Glimpse into the Future.